know, one of the things that I've learned through this is that the future is not predetermined. The actions that we take, they shape it. And if enough people learn from my story and, and decide to fight for Bitcoin because of it, then maybe instead of being hiding in this abandoned warehouse right now, I could be continuing to fight on the front lines where I belong alongside my cavalry and fighting for the, the brighter future that I believe is possible. Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin can mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. Something completely different for you today. Um, stick with it. It's really, really cool. Uh, I think you're going to love it. There's, um, like I say, uh, yeah, hold, hold on for this one. It's uh, It'll be good fun. Um, perhaps get your kids to listen to this one as well. It's uh, totally clean. There's no explicit language at all. Um, it's a, a real unique take on a different way to educate us around uh, uh, this subject of, of Bitcoin. So um, I really want to thank uh, today's guest for reaching out. It was cool. And I really want to urge other podcasters, if if anybody's listening, or can can you please share this with other podcasters? Because um, it's a cool message. It's really unique. Like I said, it's really fun. And um, what, uh, what Otto is doing is important and as it stands, he only has around like 320-odd followers on Twitter. So we, we we can definitely help him out as a Bitcoin community and get him on more podcasts and getting some more coverage and um, helping him push his narrative. Um, it's it's cool. You'll love it. Uh, so let's get on with it. I'll do a, a quick shill. Uh, realvision.com, $1 unlocks 30, uh, 30 days of content. Um, go and download as much as you like. You'll love it. Uh, I want to uh, make people aware of um, Homeschooling Global Summit that um, I'm part of putting together again this year. We're going to have some amazing guests talking all things homeschool, world school, uh, ed tech, future of education, um, you know, where this whole thing is going. And you can head over to uh, hgsummit.com to, um, to learn more about what we did last year and watch some of that content and to register for this year's content. It's completely free. You'll get all of the videos and interviews uh, for totally for free. So let's get on with this. Uh, hope you enjoy it. I'm looking forward to some feedback. Take care, guys. Thanks. Hey, guys. On today's show, we have Otto, uh, known on Twitter as at Cypher Diaries 2. And uh, this is a really interesting episode. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, as usual, um, these questions are going to be, um, well, this show is going to be led off by Lauren and Samuel. Now, the questions are going to seem pretty weird to begin with, but all will be revealed. So, uh, Otto, welcome to the show. Hello, Daniel. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for finding the show. And thank you for reaching out on DM. Um, I'll get to that as well in a second. But um, who's... Uh, Who's going to go first? I think Samuel is, um, yeah, he's he's really interested in uh, learning about... Uh... The future. <laughs> okay, go on then, mate. How can you get to the future? 
That's a great question. Well, if you read my story, you'll understand that one of the few people I can trust in my world is Geist. And Geist, he's uh, one of the most impressive programmers of my time. He's the one who has me in hiding right now and is keeping me safe. And before he left me, he, he left me with a, a smartphone, as you call it. It's from, I believe, the 2010s. It's an Android device. And uh, it's part of the software it has on here. It has software that allows me to communicate through channels to the people of your time. So that's how I'm communicating with you right now. It's how I'm sharing my story. I don't know how it works. And even Geist, despite his capabilities, I don't think he knows how it works. Uh, just using this software, it's, uh, it doesn't feel, I don't know how to say it otherwise, but it doesn't feel human. But I can tell you that it, it does work uh, although it's, it's hard for me to, to understand how the people, how you use devices like this, my thumbs uh, are absolutely killing me. <laughs> and did you have a question, Lauren, that you wanted to ask? Yeah. Um, is it coronavirus over then? The coronavirus, uh, it stays with us, unfortunately, for much longer than, than people anticipate. Uh, at my point, we do have the suffering under control, but the suffering lasts for a long time. In my neighborhood in, in Queens, at 7 p.m. at the, the hospital shift change, we, we still clap for those who suffered and those who protected the suffering. Uh, so the the, the suffering itself is over with, but the implications that came out of the coronavirus, the economic surveillance and digital addiction implications, they remain very much with us today. And they are a reason for a lot of the, the turmoil that we're dealing with today. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> oh, and they got another question. Okay. Do you have flying cars in then? <laughs> because I want to know. Because <laughs> they sound cool. That's an excellent question. Uh, we were promised flying cars. We were promised jetpacks. We were promised hoverboards. Unfortunately, none of those have become main sources of transportation. We do have drones, but they're mostly used for surveillance purposes. Uh, there are pretty advanced methods of transportation for the wealthy. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I take the subway. I take the seven train. Okay. Well, so no flying cars. Yeah, okay, guys. You, okay, this, this one's going deep. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> Do you like walk through a portal to get there? No, there are no portals. To be clear, my time travel is limited to the digital realm. I cannot travel physically to your time, only digitally. So I can only communicate with you. Uh, it's only my voice and my, my text that can reach you. It's, it's not me in, in any kind of physical sense. It's 
only what I can input into this Android device with this seemingly time travel software. So you, you understand? He's he's talking to us from the future with, with an Android phone. Yeah? <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the interview and yeah, help the listeners going. understand Bye what's going on. <laughs> Do you want to Bye. say goodbye, guys? Bye. Bye, guys. I'll see you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> the future. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Um, thanks for fielding those questions. Of course. And um, yeah, so for the sake of the listeners, um, I will uh, I will read out how you um, reached out to me on Twitter, and hopefully a little bit more will become um, clearer. Uh, so here we go. Daniel, I'm on the run, so I'll keep this brief. I'm a digital time traveler here to recruit future OGs to the front lines of the 2028 money wars. In my time, you are widely recognized for putting your tweets on the line for Bitcoin when few had the courage. Unfortunately, it's not enough. I'm tweeting my story with the hope that it convinces more people from your time to join our cause. Your eyes on it could attract the support needed to secure our path to victory. The future thanks you for your service. Stay free, Otto. So when I received that in my DMs, I was like, huh? <laughs> what is this? This is cool. And then, of course, I go across and check out your um, your, your Twitter and uh, learn about Cypher Diaries and, and your story. And um, I think it it's a really unique way to um, to teach people about, about Bitcoin. And, uh, of course, right there, just a few questions. And my kids are now they now they want to know more. So I think it's a brilliant, brilliant way to do it. So um, what's um, what brought this about? What what's behind uh, the whole um, thought process here? Well, you know, up until just about a month ago, I was uh, just a regular kid from Queens. And then I was pulled into the front lines of the money wars here when my GMA died. I was led down a what can only be described as a cryptographic puzzle that took me down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. You know, before I, I used Bitcoin regularly as a means of earning income and transacting, but I never understood its real value and, and how it could lead us to a more open society and a, and a brighter future. And the rabbit hole, that's what that taught me. And from there, I decided that Bitcoin was something that was worth fighting for. Uh, I educated myself in how to use it securely and how to operate in the money wars. And shortly after, when I joined the front lines, I was presented with a great opportunity. Uh, I took it. It was a huge sacrifice, but I have no regrets. Returning to my, my life of, of comfort before will, will no longer be an option. And now I have some of the most powerful people in the world after me. Uh, I'm safe for now and hiding, but they will, they will find me eventually. My story I'm sharing because it's, it's, it's my only hope. Literally, my, my life depends on it. You see, if more people from your time would have believed in Bitcoin and, and fought for Bitcoin, then the big sacrifice that I made, maybe it could have been avoided. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned through this is that the future is not predetermined. 
the actions that we take, they shape it. And if enough people learn from my story and, and decide to fight for Bitcoin because of it, then maybe instead of being and hiding in this abandoned warehouse right now, I could be continuing to fight on the front lines where I belong alongside my cavalry and fighting for the, the brighter future that I believe is possible. So that's why I'm sharing my story. I've even included a one Bitcoin recruitment reward that's hidden within its contents in the form of a seed phrase. That one Bitcoin and my story, it's, it's all I have left. So I, I know this sounds crazy and I don't know if it'll work, but it's my only hope. So the seed phrase um, embedded in the story, um, for those um, coming into and learning about um, Bitcoin for the first time, um, could you explain to them what, what you mean by uh, a seed phrase, please, Otto? Absolutely. So one of the magical properties of Bitcoin is that uh, it can be uh, accessed through a wallet with a private key or even a uh, 12 to 24 word seed phrase. So 12 words in your head can access an unlimited quantity of value in the form of Bitcoin. So there are 12 to 24 words that can access my recru recruitment reward of one Bitcoin. Upon, uh, upon the release of my final chapter, I will distribute a, a key that contains clues to identifying what each of these words in the past phrase are. And with those, those words, uh, anyone can access a, a Bitcoin wallet and input those, those words and access the recruitment reward. And if you don't mind me asking, what is the value of one Bitcoin in 2028? It's a, it's a common question I get. Uh, if you read my story, you'll understand the magnitude of, of Bitcoin's value in my time. But as I mentioned, you know, the future is, is not predetermined. Uh, depending on your actions, that price value in, in my time could absolutely change. Now, I, I do believe even at your time that Bitcoin has proved itself as the hardest money and the closest thing we have to a universal truth. And that has solidified its ultimate destination and price. But the big question is the path to getting there uh, and the timeline to getting that there. And that's where the actions that you and your listeners take can have a, a, a huge impact that impacts the lives of many. Uh, we are at war, so volatility is expected. But what I, what I will tell you, one of the most memorable moments in Bitcoin price history that I've experienced is the moment when the threats of nation states no longer negatively impact Bitcoin's price and Bitcoin begins to ignore those threats and even respond positively. That is a glorious moment. I look forward to, um, I, yeah, no spoilers, listeners. I'm not going to ask Otto exactly when that happens. I think we'll all have to uh, wait for that. Um, I'm getting a lot of like uh, kind of scratchy um, kind of sound on your end, Otto. I'm sure that's something to do with the device that you're using and um, probably not 
able to clear that up from uh, from your time, but uh, we'll just stick with it. Um, what can we do, Otto? Like, um, what what's your advice to people right now? How can we put this piece of the puzzle, you know, piece piece all of these pieces together to to make to make a better foundation for for your time in twenty twenty eight? Well, you can start by just looking around you. Understand that the the time you're living in is is so critical. The reason why I'm reaching out to your time specifically is because there's no other time in which your actions could have more of a result. The coronavirus has set the scene where many people are becoming aware of the trends of surveillance and the economic collapse. Uh, and if the time is, is ripe for people to see the potential for a brighter future in Bitcoin, educate yourself in Bitcoin if you believe in it and you can vote for it by choosing it as money. And if you wish to continue to, to contribute, understand that this is a war that's not fought through bombs and bullets, but fought through narratives and software. And anyone can contribute to either narratives, the narratives of Bitcoin or Bitcoin software, or both. These are, these are the real front lines of, of the money wars that I'm fighting today. And how were you pulled into these wars? Well, that's, that's the story of my diaries. Uh, but essentially, there was a, a cryptographic puzzle that I was led to when my, my GMA died. I was introduced to the Bitcoin rabbit hole, which is a collection of content of Bitcoin's strongest narratives, which I've included in my story. I consumed that content through a brain link transfer, which is technology that you do not have in your time. So I was able to consume it much more rapidly than you would in your time, although it's still very much worth the effort for you. And from there, I was convinced. I was convinced that Bitcoin is the only solution to a future of freedom where individuals are empowered. Of course, belief is not enough to fight in the money wars and actually can be quite dangerous in our surveillance state. So I had to then learn how to, to use Bitcoin securely and how to operate securely. Uh, I was taught through an OPSEC collection of content and tools uh, how to do that. And from there, I was, I, was, I was prepared. Now, how I was really taken to the front lines that's yet to be released in my stories. And I, I do have to be careful with what I say on, on this call. I have to assume that the, the people who are after me are, are listening. But uh, soon after becoming educated, I was recruited to the front lines and presented with a big opportunity to, to do something big make a huge sacrifice for Bitcoin. And uh, that's where that's what's really led me to this moment of being on the run and, and being in hiding. So as I understand it, the 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 rabbit link uh, download it that that's something kind of, um, would you say, yeah, like matrix style, um, just uploads? Is that the kind of technology that um, your your time has? Yes, the brain link sensors, this is it's actually it's in, in development in your time. Uh, although under a different name, I believe, by uh, Elon Musk. Uh, 
the way it works essentially is I have sensors implanted in my brain, which allow me to communicate with digital devices merely by thinking about it. It's, it, uh, it functions ideally in, in the metaverse, the virtual world where I spend most of my time instead of doing silly gestures to move around, uh, to jump, fight, crouch in video games. I just think about emotion and, and my avatar listens. It also works for consuming content instead of consuming through reading or listening. Content can be directly uploaded to my sensors and it's ingested into my, to my brain from there. It's not, it's not totally seamless. It's still considered somewhat primitive technology here, but it is uh, estimated to be about 10 times faster than reading. And out of all of that um, knowledge that was uploaded, are there um, one, one or two uh, resources that you know, just completely floored you? I do have my personal favorites, but there's so many. Uh, you know, I truly do stand on, on the shoulders of, of the giants of your time. I don't think it's fully appreciated the knowledge uh, that's being created in real time in your time. Uh, some of the ones that, that stand out to me is, is, of course, Safe Dean, the Bitcoin standard. To this day, I don't think there's a, another piece of content that so clearly articulates Bitcoin's role in, in economics. One of my passions is also philosophy. I, I, I studied a nano degree in, in philosophy, so some of the Bitcoin philosophers uh, particularly reach me, such as Naval Ravikant. And then there's, there's the, the infamous Marty Bent and Matt O'Dell. Uh, the two of them together have what I think is the clearest understanding of Bitcoin's narratives in, and Bitcoin's software. And they sacrifice so much between the two of them. They, just, they, ha they have the ultimate skin in the game and do whatever it takes for Bitcoin. So I would, I would say those are, those are my biggest heroes. That's great to hear. And yeah, huge shout out for uh, for Marty and Matt, and um, yeah, and Safe as well. That's uh, that's excellent. Um, you've, I, I get like reading the diaries. Um, I get uh, like a, a real sense that um, you're really trying to push home like the the opsec side and the privacy side of of Bitcoin and. I'm probably guilty of not looking into that as much as I should or um, misunderstanding probably the, um, the importance of that. Could, could you talk us through um, your thoughts and, and what's played out and what we should be looking for? Sure. So, of course, everybody has to start as a, a newbie in Bitcoin. And thankfully, there are tools designed to onboard users at every level. And also, thankfully, at your time, there is not a major threat against Bitcoin. But what you have to expect is that time will come and you should be prepared for it. So privacy on Bitcoin becomes critical. The builders of your time understand that and they are working towards building that privacy foundation for Bitcoin. And soon it will become apparent to the, the users of Bitcoin that they need to secure their Bitcoin operations 
and their communication in general. And thankfully that infrastructure will be, will be built out and ready for you. Do you think that's the next wave of, well, you don't need to think, you know, is that the next wave of what's about to happen here in the Bitcoin space? Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of building out around um, user experience, wallets, uh, exchanges, um, finance, uh, you know, like um, we, we can now get loans and things like that. Um, it, are we now entering that that critical stage of building out around um, OPSEC and privacy? Well, one of the major trends that's developing in your time now with the coronavirus is the, the economic collapse of the pandemic. And what that leads to is the realization of the world of the importance of global reserve currency status uh, and the power that the U.S. has in having that reserve status. And also what's happening is you're seeing China and their DSET virtual coin ready to launch. It, it soon becomes apparent that China's digital currency efforts are, efforts are a real threat to the U.S.'s global reserve currency status. And, and this is when the, the biggest collusion happens between the U.S. government and FaceWorld, the, the technology corporation of my time, is finally able to launch their digital currency, the Liberty Coin, at scale. And this, this partnership creates, it's, it's the starting point for the money wars here. And it, it's also the catalyst for an all-out assault on any other forms of money, which very much includes Bitcoin. And that is the moment when the need for privacy on Bitcoin and ways to access Bitcoin without the permission of regulated exchanges becomes very clear. Uh, so yes, that that moment is coming. And another um, big worry that we're all facing at the moment um, right now, here we are in uh, end of April 2020, coming into the start of May, and uh, we've all been in lockdown for like five to six weeks, the effect that that's going to have on the economy at large. Deglobalization, is that something we need to be looking very, very closely at? And um, is there anything that we, uh, any shocks in um, supply that is going to, um, you know, take us by surprise? That's uh, an astute, astute observation and a very good question. I believe in your time now, governments are responding by injecting as much stimulus as they can into the economy to, to manage the, the economic collapse. Uh, the collapse lasts for much longer than anticipated because the virus does not go away. And what eventually happens is there is a political fallout that does lead to disruptions in supply chains, which does lead to increases in the prices of basic goods. And once that happens, it's, it becomes clear that every incremental unit of fiat that's injected into the economy is reflected in the prices of basic goods. And this is when the inflationary death spiral begins. And it's when the true economic collapse happens in the form of fiat. And it's the moment that hopefully those attuned to Bitcoin have been prepared for. Wow. We've got to have some kind of optimism at some stage. <laughs> um, I want to ask about 
yeah, what what is what what can we look forward to? What what is going to um you know, right, what what phoenix is going to rise from the flames? It is unfortunate that your current system does not provide a path to a future of of personal freedoms. However, I am very optimistic for the future simply because we have Bitcoin. It is the only option we have towards that, that brighter future where individuals are empowered and where we can be sovereign to get a little bit philosophical. I, I think, you know, one of the things that's fundamental to, to humans is our need for a universal truth. We've, we've sought that universal truth through religion, through nation states, and those institutions have failed us. But Bitcoin, with its transparency and immutability, can serve as that universal truth that acts as the cornerstone to a new open society where individuals can be free so that is the greater hope that we have is that that we can fight for bitcoin we can succeed and make it that cornerstone and empower the future generations to come yeah i completely agree and w- when when we get to 2028 uh, can we expect um are there going to be citadels um built as as many um bitcoiners believe might happen and what what do they look like citadels they do provide an important function primarily of protecting our our mining rigs, which keep the Bitcoin network humming. Uh, so they are critical to our, to our cavalry's infrastructure here. It is part of how, the, how the, our enemy wages war against us by attacking our citadels and, and disrupting the supply chains of our citadels. It is one of our most difficult lines to protect because it is actually in the physical world. A, a lot of the rest of the, the, the money wars that were fought in the digital realm where we can build our software, where we can develop and distribute our narratives. So it's a, it's a, it's a war primarily fought uh, in the virtual realm where we are native and where we are prepared to dominate. But the citadels are absolutely crucial to our infrastructure. That's interesting. Yeah, most people have, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but I think uh, most people have uh, an idea of the Citadel as um, like a walled-in castle and everybody that's inside owns Bitcoin and is leaving, uh, leading a, uh, a cozy, cushy life. But what you're saying is um, that, you know, they're a, a defense mechanism to, to look after and guard the, uh, the mining rigs. And in the physical world, they are the safest place for us to be. Uh, but at this moment in time, in our current state, nobody can be too much at comfort. My hope is that with more people of your time taking a stand and fighting for Bitcoin, we're better prepared here in the year, the year 2028. And maybe we can enjoy uh, the luxury of, of comfort. Uh, however, we're, we're a long way from that today. And even with additional support, there's plenty of war to be waged, uh, not just in the West, but in the East, where nation states are better prepared for the money wars and have had a head start in the crypto race. So regardless, that's, 
that's where the, the the new front lines of the money wars will be drawn. And that that leads me on to uh, another question. Um, as you've said, like you know, picking out this time um, makes sense. We, we have the coronavirus. Uh, we have um, the uh, the ridiculous amounts of uh, money printing. We have uh, uh, policies around the world that are uh, that are affecting um, our uh, civil liberties, and we obviously have um, a sideward glance on huge conglomerates that uh, you know we we know we need to be very very careful of. But what are the secret threats, Otto? What what are we missing? What aren't we focused on that we should be? Well, you see the infrastructure of, of surveillance all around you. You all carry around devices in your pockets that track your location and, and track your intentions. But what I think is, is not fully realized is that as your world mo- moves more into the, the virtual realm through the new technology that's coming about in, in virtual reality, that surveillance risk becomes much greater. Not only do these devices track your location and intentions, but because they actually track all of your senses, they can understand your thoughts and desires and combine that with a virtual currency in these virtual worlds that can incentivize addiction and not only track your thoughts and desires, but actually manipulate them. It's, it's the collusion of the, the state and these technology corporations that really makes this possible. A, a very comfortable digital world is made available to the masses and many are, are too weak to resist it. Uh, they end up spending all of their time in, in face world's digital world and are subject to consumerism and, and digital addiction and, and manipulation by, by the narratives pushed by the state. Uh, it's, the result is it's digital imperialism as it reaches the globe. And in many forms, it's, it's digital slavery and, and the loss of free will as we know it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. as parents, we, we need to be uh, fully, fully aware of that and uh, make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're passing on good habits down, down to our kids. And that's going to lead me you know, into another question around what comes next for, for education? Because at present, we've been in lockdown in some countries for over six weeks. This gives families time to um, think about their next steps, their next choices, and um, evaluate on whether, you know, the education system that we've known for the last 100 to 150 years is still actually serving our kids, or in fact, who does it serve ultimately? Do you have any thoughts around that for us? Sure. Well, yes, as the role of the state becomes larger through the repercussions of, of the pandemic, it becomes more critical for the state to control its narratives and make sure its narratives are being received by the masses. And unfortunately, our educational institutions are one of those channels through which they push those narratives. So it's, it's more important than ever for the parents of, of your generation to make sure that they are 
being very careful with the format in which their, their children are receiving their education. This is, we are in the information age. Information is abundant, but most of us will lead us, lead us in the wrong direction. Discretion is needed by the individual and our leaders, which are in your case, the parents of our future generations to make sure that our children are receiving the information that will lead them in the right direction. So the responsibility is, is on the parent to, to manage their children's education more than ever. Are we at an inflection point in this time in history where um, more um, independence uh, needs to be taken by the, uh, the individual, become more self-sovereign? <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Some, some weird noises from 2028. Um, do you want me to repeat the, uh, the question or did you catch that one, Otto? Yes, please do. There's some strange noises in this abandoned <laughs> warehouse of mine. Um, there was, um, what were we talking about? Yeah, are we at an inflection point where we do need to start taking more control and um, independence and making uh, individual choices and becoming more self-sovereign? Is that like happening right now? Is this one of the key elements of, of our time here? I think what uh, one of the implications of the pandemic is uh, while I did describe how the masses are sucked into uh, virtual worlds of digital comfort and being more dependent on the state, stronger minds are realizing and waking up that they cannot depend on the state to provide them the better future that they desire. And it is their responsibility to take a stand and realize that they need to shape the future that, that they deserve and that they desire. And that is, that is the path that we have through Bitcoin. That is our only option to create a future that empowers individuals. And it is absolutely up, up to the strong men and women of your time to discover and choose that path. And what traps should we avoid? Because I think there's going to be a lot of um, fiat-driven traps, if I, if I can use that turn of phrase. Um, some There's going to be some... Uh, right now, with the amount of money that's being printed, there's going to be asset bubbles created in certain areas. Um, wh which ones should we be looking out to, to stay clear of? Well, it's... The economic situation is very complicated in your time. Many have become entirely dependent or becoming entirely dependent on the state's uh, financing of their lives through universal basic income becoming the standard. It's clear that the governments of your time will inject as much fiat into the system as they possibly can, and that can only run its course for, for so long. So what becomes most clear is that the only value in your world is is assets that cannot be cannot be uh, created more of. Scarcity is the ultimate property of value, uh, which individuals of your time should be looking for. Uh, yeah, and and that basically just brings us all the way back to um, to Bitcoin. If there was one thing that you think could help the most individuals or um, families uh, now that they could put in place, 
what do you think that would be? It starts with controlling your attention. Attention is the, the ultimate commodity of, of your time. And it's, it's the battleground for all forces. So take control of your attention, make sure it's directed in a way that is going to be fulfilling and, and provide truth. Understand what's going on around you. Understand the direction that things are going. And if you come to the conclusion that the current direction does not provide a path to where you want to be, you must find an alternate path. And, and that is the path of, of Bitcoin that both me and you on the front lines here are trying to educate people in. And it, it's, it's a path that can only be taken individually by each person and must be chosen themselves and must be taken at their own pace. Uh, what many realize is taking, in taking this path, it is our only option to creating the, the brighter future that, that we deserve. And if we could somehow get hold of your, your brain link technology and you could magically post that from 2028 to somebody who could download all of that information that you've been talking about and really educate themselves around everything that you know and everything that you've seen and everything um, that's uh, occurred in the, uh, in the next eight years, who would you mail that brain link to and why? Who in your time would I want to consume that brain link content? Is that your question? Exactly. Well, the greatest leaders of my time are actually included in that uh, brain link rabbit hole content already. So who are the individuals that could have the greatest impact by receiving that information earlier? Uh, some of our, our most, the most respected individuals uh, who are yet to, to take a stand for Bitcoin. A few that come to mind are uh, the great creators of your time. Elon Musk uh, would be one of them. Uh, and another would be an economic leader of your time, Ray Dalio, whose principles are very much in line with our movement, uh, but he's yet to, to fully join our side of, of the fight. Brilliant. Yeah, that would definitely help. Uh, if only you could send that through to us, Otto, that would, um, that would speed things up, I am sure. Um, so could, could you just, before we, um, before we sign off and uh, I let you get back um, to fighting the good fight, is there, um, did you want to just sum up again um, exactly what Cypher Diaries is, how people can find the story and um, yeah, reiterate again uh, the, 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 hidden, the hidden treasure within the story and how that's going to be released? Sure. So my story is all I have to communicate the future uh, to the people of your time and all of the implications of, of what you're currently dealing with. So I'm sharing it with the hope that it, it teaches the people of your time to educate themselves in the current path and the stand that they can take to create a, a better path forward. So far, I've released eight chapters. By the time you release this podcast, maybe I will have release my ninth chapter. There will only be 10 chapters in total. And upon the release of the final chapter, I will distribute 
a key which contains clues to finding the the wallet seed phrase with the recruitment reward of, of one Bitcoin. And my hope is that through my story, through this reward, that as many people as possible will be led down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and will be educated in, in the brighter future that, that awaits us. If I'm all at all successful, our troops on the front lines here will be in a better position to win the money wars and myself, instead of being locked up in this warehouse, I can be alongside the men and women of, of my cavalry and continuing to fight for what I believe is my destined purpose. That's, um, yeah, it's, it's, brilliantly, um, it's brilliantly done. And um, we, you know, on behalf of everybody, <laughs> I'm sure, listening and yet to listen, uh, really appreciate um, you, you sharing that story and um, putting this message out there. Uh, is there anything before we, before we wrap up, is there, is there any last requests of, of the audience or, or any questions um, you want to pose? The only request is to look around you, understand what's going on and, and educate yourself and resist the distractions of opposing forces of digital addiction, of consumerism, of state narratives and make sure your attention is directed in, in a path that's going to be fulfilling to you and to be best for the future generations to come. Thank you so much, Otto. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for everything you're doing to, to help educate people in Bitcoin in this extremely uh, unique and um, enthralling way. It's truly brilliant. It's all my pleasure, Daniel. It's, it's an honor to, to serve, and it's an honor to, to fight by your side on, in the money wars here. Thank you for including me. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks for um, connecting. Thank you, Daniel. Stay free. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And what did you think of that? I told you that was pretty unique and um, a new way to to educate people around Bitcoin. I think this is going to be a really strong one for families, for kids. Go check out Cypher Diaries. Um, there can be a little bit of strong language in, in the written text, but it's not too bad. Honestly, it's not. And if you're reading with your kids, you can skip over it very, very easily. But um, yeah, Otto's doing a great job. Uh, you know, <laughs> he was in character the whole time, pre-recording, post-recording, you know, it didn't miss a beat, did not miss a beat. And it was really, um, it was very challenging uh, during the interview because I really didn't know what I was going into. There was like zero prep. Um, every question was kind of like on the fly. Um, one, because, you know, that it was uh, kind of difficult to navigate. But two, I didn't want to throw Otto any swerve balls, um, ask any um, questions that, you know, obviously um, he wouldn't be able to, respond just naturally and um, do some kind of mathematical jury in his mind to get him back to 2028. Uh, just so convincing. It was like speaking to somebody um, from the future who has clearly seen Bitcoin inside out. I mean, you know, go to Cypher Diaries and you go to like his, um, his rabbit hole link and it um, basically lists everything he's read, um, podcasts he's listened to, um, all different 
um, you know, facets, all, all different layers of Bitcoin, um, whether it's the privacy side, the mining side, uh, humanitarian side, um, financial side, speculative side, so much knowledge, clearly so much knowledge and, you know, a passion to share it. And this is, this is the vehicle and it's brilliant. I really, I really think it's uh, amazing. Um, I hope some kind of book or comic book or some kind of series comes out of this. Any of you out there listening that might be interested in helping Otto get this out in some kind of um, comic form, you know, reach out, reach out on Twitter. He's 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 ready and waiting to um, to connect with people and and get this message out. Uh, and like I said at the beginning of the show, any other podcasters. Guys, if you can share this around and get it in front of some other podcasters and get Otto some some more exposure and get more people listening to the, um, to this kind of uh, story, this is going to inspire so many so many people to to start looking at it. And uh, uh, yeah, um, really really glad he reached out, uh, honoured um, that he that he reached out and um, made contact and uh, agreed to come on the show. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I say at the end of uh, at the end of these final comments, something along the lines of um, looking forward to the next show. Uh, yeah, I mean, where do we go from here? Uh, <laughs> um, thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, enjoy your feedback. Uh, so always reach out. Uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, go and find uh, Otto on Twitter at Cipher Diaries Two, and um, connect, follow, retweet, and share. Uh, thanks for listening and um, yeah, speak to you soon. Take care.